Titus 2. And I'm tell you one more time and remind you, keep praying for me. Hallelujah. I know you're praying for, we're praying for our families throughout these uh, days of prayer and fasting. Uh, But always please hold me up in prayer. The Lord will just continue to guide with wisdom, with with, uh, vision, and with anointing. Amen. Titus 2. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your presence here. Lord, every testimony just to your glory. God, you're our healer. You're our friend, God. You're our Lord. You're our provider, God. You have poured out abundantly the blessings, Lord, that have made us rich and add no sorrow to it, God. We love you for it. Lord, we ask you now to give us ears to hear what your spirit would say. Lord, let your power just anoint the word and God, help us to have understanding and the Lord just work in a great way tonight. We thank you for it. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Titus 2 verse 11 says, for the grace of God. We talked about his mercy earlier. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his grace. Favor that God has given us. He calls us his sons and daughters and we are have done nothing to deserve it. The grace of God that bringeth salvation, listen to this, hath appeared to all men. I know a lot of people say, what about those folks that don't know? God said, I've had my grace appear to all men. That's what he said. But look what it says. Teaching us. Somebody say grace. Grace. Teaches us. Say teaches us. Somebody say teaches us. Hey, there you go. I know the instructions maybe weren't so clear. (laughs) Teaching us, denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us. Amen? That he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. God bless you. You can be seated. The grace of God that has appeared unto all men teaches us. It is so sad. To see and hear what a lot of people think the grace of God is. Jude talks about some that have come in and taken the grace of God and turned it into lasciviousness. They claim that they are amazed by God's grace. Yet they go on and use it as a license or a permit to sin. God forbid. God forbid. Amen. We that are saved that grace may abound to continue in sin. God forbid. But the Bible tells us very clearly that God's grace. No, we didn't earn it. And you can't earn it. God's so holy. God's so pure. God's so clean that, that we can't in our best 
reach up and somehow attain favor with God. But he gives us his grace. But that is just the beginning of a process that he will sanctify our lives. He's going to clean you up. Amen. You ought to be excited about that. I don't understand why people want to keep their sin. When you realize and get into the word of God and start to understand that sin was holding you down, was binding you. Yeah, it's like saying, you know, I, I, God gave me liberty. God gave me freedom, but I'm going to still live in these chains. I'm still going to live in these shackles, in this, in this jail cell. No, 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 you're free. Whom the Son of Man has made free is free indeed. Amen. Grace will teach us. Praise God. If you'll let God teach you. You've got to be teachable. I think I talked about this a little bit this weekend, but um, I want to say it again. I, I read something here recently someone had written uh, about Christian character, about, about Christian maturity. And they said, why do some people grow rapidly? While others seem to just take as many steps backwards as they do forwards. I'm going to tell you what it is. If you'll let God teach you, he will. If you'll pay attention, God wants to bless you. Amen. God wants to lead you into higher heights and deeper depths. God's not going to be silent in your life. We close our own ears to the spirit of God. God wants to lead us and teach us and take us and you say, oh, I'm not sure I want to give this up. God's got something better for you. God's going to bless you with something much better than all those things you once thought you can't live without. God's got such a great life for his children, an abundant life. Amen. Well, praise God. I've seen, I've been around too long. I've seen compromisers. I've seen people following afar off. I've seen people trying to have the world and still have the grace of God. They don't have the joy that those that are sold out do. They don't have the life that those that are living with all their heart with 100%, amen, do. Amen. They don't have the victory. Praise God. Why do some grow rapidly? I'll tell you what. You just Some, some uh, get in this and they, well, they they just... Rather than learn, they make excuses. Praise the Lord. Rather than learn, they they place the blame. Amen. When you realize how good your father is. Now listen. Hallelujah. When he instructs you, when he corrects you, you don't have to be afraid of him. You may have had a bad situation growing up in your home. You may have had horrible teachers when you were younger that treated you. But God is not an abusive God. He is not a, a, a hard taskmaster like the devil. When he shows you something, he loves you and he's wanting to promote you and take you to, to places where you can be uh, more and more excited about what he's doing in your life. Why would we make excuses to be held back? Why would we try to justify not being everything God wants us to be. I thank God for people in this church that are doing well. I thank God for testimonies that you're not what you were. Amen. It's awesome. And like I've said, there's just too many times I've seen it in my, I don't know when this was something that, that in my life, 
I, it just early on, I, I just recognize God, you, I, I'm not satisfied just, just going through the motions of first grade. You know, when I was young, I couldn't wait to get my driver's license. Right. Amen. Amen. When I was young, I couldn't wait to get my first job. I didn't I don't, people say, oh, I'd like to be young again. I don't want to be a kid. I appreciate growing up. I appreciate being an adult. You say, oh, there's a lot of things about being an adult. Yeah, praise the Lord, God. But, but there's just, it's something I looked forward to. I didn't want to be irresponsible all my life. And I feel like in my spiritual life, that was just a no-brainer. It's just to, to be able to say, you know what, I, I, I don't want to be a, a, a baby Christian. I don't want to be a one-year Christian. I, I want to I keep growing and learning and get everything I can get. When I read the Bible, it makes me hungry and thirsty for righteousness. When I read the Word of God and see what they had, I say, God, I want more of that. When I look at my life and see the things that my stubbornness and my uh, uh, sin and, and my struggles, I want less of that. See, I know what it's like to try my best and fall on my face enough that I can say, okay, God, you've all, you didn't take much to teach me. I need more of you. You don't have to fight with me to give up. I, I surrender. Amen. And I, 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 I want to learn and I want to grow. And I'm telling you, a lot of people, they, you're doing good. But listen, we, we talked about it here recently, those that came out of Egypt they could all say, hey, we all came out of Egypt. We're not slaves in Egypt anymore. Woohoo, yay us. Right? right. Yeah. Hey, we're not, we're not uh, making the bricks for Pharaoh anymore. Yay, yay. We're not slaves anymore. Yay, yay. But not all of them made it into the promised land. Right. I, I, I want to be everything God called me to be. I've been doing this. I'm 54. I got the Holy Ghost when I was 16. And uh, I've recently, very, very recently in prayer, just said, God, I, I, what's it going to take to reach my full potential in you? I'm not satisfied. Right. Amen. I'm not satisfied. Right. What I'm going to preach to you today, I'm, I want to live this more than ever before. Amen. See, I believe God's grace is teaching us. Right. Teaching you, teaching me. Amen. Yeah. Number one, he's getting us ready for the wedding day. He's getting us ready to, to enter into the gates of glory. Amen. Amen. There's some things that won't enter in. Are you ready? Is your garment spotless? Is it white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Right. Amen. The Bible talks about a garment that is without blemish. That ought to get your attention. That ought to get you examining yourself. Amen. I mean, we're going to get back to that idea. Listen, what he's getting you ready. Listen, you anybody fight any battles yet? Hallelujah. Anybody feel like uh, like the enemy has come against you to try to rip you out of the hands of Jesus? Hey, I'll tell you, you got a promise. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing can pluck you out of his hands. I believe it. But you're going to fight some battles. I'll tell you what God will do. He'll teach you how to fight. He'll teach you how to have everything you need to be an overcomer. Praise God. We are not ignorant of the devil's device. The Bible says you ought me. I don't know what to do. Have you been paying attention? God's teaching you to be a winner. 
Oh, I keep losing battles. Start winning some battles. Listen to God. He's teaching you. Yes, he is. God didn't lead you in a battle without direction, without, without helping you get to where you need to be. So why was so, I so ill prepared? Well, are you letting him teach you? He's getting you ready for a harvest to be a part of the harvest. He's getting you ready to be more effective for the kingdom of God. Well, praise the Lord. I'm not satisfied. Hear me now. I'm not satisfied saying people's hearts are hard. Yeah, but you know what, God? Is any of it my fault? Could I be praying more? Could I be uh, uh, have more wisdom? Amen. You say, well, you know, it's, I just told you not too long ago, it's his plan. It's his, uh, it's his responsibility for the results, but I better be doing what I can do. I better not be careless, but I better just be, be led by the spirit. Well, we already kind of alluded to it. Second Corinthians 13. Turn with me to second Corinthians 13. Hallelujah. God's teaching us. Verse 5. Examine yourselves. This ought to be something we're good at. This ought to be something we've got practice. Amen. Examine yourselves. Oh, hallelujah. How many know how good we are at examining other people? You know, we've got the, the magnifying glass out. Amen. We're looking at people. Oh, that looks, that's going to be a problem. Uh, you know what? How, when was the last time you examined yourself? Without making excuses? Without trying to put the blame on somebody else? I believe every time I'm preaching to you, I want to, you to be able to deal with things before you have to deal with them face to face on Judgment Day. It'd be smarter for you to say, you know what, God, I took care of that at an altar. Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. How dare you question me? You ought to be questioning yourself. And you ought to be thankful. I'm not here to condemn. I'm not here to, to, to try to make you doubt. Oh, no. I'm trying, I'm here to, to be your friend, to help you look a little closer and say, hey, wait a minute, is there a stumbling block in your path? You ought to be excited about that. Oh, I love God and I'm doing the best that I can. I've got a friend and God is anointing to help me examine myself, whether I be in the faith. Why would he say something like that? Examine yourself. Because there's a lot of people that are walking around saying, I'm doing so good in God, man, I'm strong in God. And they're not. They're not. You're not strong in God just because you say you are. God's spirit, God's word together are leading you, teaching you, guiding you. And sadly, so many are, are don't have ears to hear. Amen. Know you not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. Listen to me. This is, this is what God laid on my heart. Every time I read the Bible, praise God. 
I'm saying, God, talk to me. Yes. Is it me? Yes, sir. Is there something there I'm not living? Hello? Amen. Amen. It, 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 there's some things you know so well you could probably just, your eyes glaze over, you know, just go over the words, just run over the page, you know. Though I speak with the tongue of men's and of tongues of men and angels, have not charity. I'm a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. How many times? And so often I read something like that, and I have to get on my knees. God, do I have love? Like you want me to have love? Amen. When was the last time you read the Sermon on the Mount? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the pure in heart. Did you get your reading requirement done for the day? Or did you examine yourself? The word of God, I'm going to tell you, it'll challenge you. But unlike the law, it'll give you the ability to, to live it and do it. But it'll it'll correct you. It'll instruct you. Every time I hear preaching, I don't want to sit back and say, oh, preacher, they sure needed that over there. They sure needed that over there. I know. I I know it's really easy. I'm not saying there's never a time, but I know what it's like. I've been around it in my own experience where it just we we get so excited. What's the what's the latest uh, uh, thing going on in in the movies, on the television, on the Internet, in the government, in the music industry, all the, the demonic things that are going on? Oh, Oh, it's awful. It's awful. Can God talk to you? Because every time I hear the word of God, I don't care if it's something I've heard all my life. God, help me to examine myself with it. We're singing these songs of worship and praise to God. Principles of scripture are, are, are being sung. Are you really hearing it? When we're singing God, all of me, all of me. Can you sing it and not give them all of you? Watch out. That's dangerous. So many times uh, that it's it's about just giving your all and giving him your best. If you can sing about it and not be challenged by it, you're in danger. Amen. Amen. Because when we can draw nigh to him with our lips, but our hearts are focused on other things. Amen. I'm not talking about condemnation. I'm saying, God, your children need to grow. We're in these end times and the devil's coming with great wrath against God's elect. Amen. That's what the word of God says. And God's getting us ready for something. And, and, but if we allow our hearts to be hardened rather than softened. I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not too proud to just say, Lord, look at me one more time. I don't care how, how, how insignificant it might be. I, I can't just get a text message with a with a Bible verse or a quote that's a Bible principle and just say, hey, that's neat. You know, Pastor Flosser liked this quote and then send it off to somebody else. Isn't that neat? No, I got, I got to look at that and say, 
Did I live that today? Is that who I am? Is that something that sounds neat or is that something that, that I need to look at a little more closely? Amen. That ought to be simple, right? We ought to, but what it is is we get so easily distracted by everything that is about God rather than really being what God wants us to be. Right. Amen. Amen. Whether it's a, a young person or, or, or a saint that is seasoned in the house of God. I'm listening. My brothers and sisters, uh, when you're bearing good fruit, when you testify, when I see diligent prayer, enthusiastic worship, dedication to, to, to holiness, I'm listening and I'm examining myself. I'm not trying to figure out whether I'm better than you or not. You have no idea how many times. I, I, I love that about living for God, being around good folks. Yeah, right. I don't have to prove to anybody, to myself, to God, to anybody that I'm just the, the best thing going in any room I step into. That's foolishness. Right. If you are, you've, you're already deceived. Yeah. God puts you around people to sharpen you. Yeah. Thank God for that. insecurity intimidates you to be able to say, you know what? I could be a little bit more like that. Amen. Praise God. I, I could, I, I could be a little more sensitive to your spirit. I could be a little more serious about some things and, and, and people around me. You know, that's why a lot of, there's a lot of church problems. People are so insecure. They get around somebody who's strong and rather than say, I won't be like that when I grow up. <laughs> They try to tear him down. That's just Cain and Abel. You're on the wrong side of that equation. I know people who have just tore down every preacher. Every Hey, I want to tell you, not everybody is just so excellent, but they have something to offer you. If you get around people and think maybe I have something to learn from them, you'd do better. Every time I hear the word, every time I read the word, every time I'm, uh, I'm presented with a quote or a principle, God... Don't let me just brush that off. Look what it says in James. I know we're familiar with it. James 1. I really feel like there's people that. Well, it talks about them in in the book of Ecclesiastes. They've come and they've gone from the place of the holy. Sometimes we we come to church and we get around the people of God, the things of God. We are so unaffected. And you can say, well, I guess God wasn't in that service at all. God's helped me in some pretty odd situations. If you listen, pay attention, he'll help you. Amen. James 1. Amen. This is, to me, to me, this is like one of the most beautiful things that has helped me. And that I have seen personally in my life and the life of others. When you look and see why do some people just grow rapidly. Just seems like you can't hold them back. And other people, it just seems like they're taking as many steps back or more. you got to be teachable. you got to look for that. Amen. God will help you. 
It doesn't have to be uh, somebody doing. You just let God, whatever means he's doing. He's he's working in your life. Listen, have an ear to hear. Look what it says. James one, verse twenty two. But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. Somebody say, wow. (laughs) Deceiving your own selves. I'm hearing the word. I'm in church. I'm in the word of God in my home. But are you a doer? I've got to ask myself, preacher, I've got to. Am I doing that? Am I really doing that? I know what it's like. I can. I've had the same type of battles as you've had. You know what rushes in? Excuses. Yeah, but you know what? Or blame. You know what they did. Or somebody else that's worse than you. Yeah, that's tough with young people and and maybe some not so young people. Oh, it's just so hard. There's a lot of people, you know, they're one thing in church or another thing. And, and you know, uh, nobody really is paying attention. But I found out this way and that way. It's so hard. Get your eyes off of them and and develop a relationship with God. Amen. You let God teach you what it means to be a Christian. Oh, there's just so many people who are hypocrites. Always has been, always will be. Are you going to be saved? Take responsibility and be a doer of the word of God. Say, oh, it's tough sometimes. You're right. I'm not, I'm not going to take anything away from that. You're right. It's so hard sometimes when there's so few. You're right. The battle can be so difficult in a situation like this. Absolutely. But if you listen to God's voice and all the different avenues he's trying to help you, teach you, lead you, you can make it. And it's going to be worth it all. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. If any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, this is similar, but I think it's a lot more specific, really, to the process. Jesus, is it in Matthew 7, talks about the man that built his house on a rock. He was wise. He thought ahead. He knew that there were going to be some battles coming, some storms coming, rather. Amen. Amen. So he picked out a place where you have a strong foundation. And he was wise, and the storm did come. Because if you're planning on a storm-free life, that's foolish. If you think it's always going to be easy, and you're building your life, patterning it on something that can last through easy days... You won't stand. The foolish man was a man that heard the word but did not do it. And he did not think ahead to fortifying his foundation in case of storm. But this says somebody that's a hearer and not a doer is like a man. He is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. So it's talking about a looking glass, a mirror, and his natural face. You look in a mirror to make sure that your face isn't dirty. Something's not out of place. You don't have something stuck in your teeth or hanging out of your nose. So you look in the mirror. You look at your natural face in that mirror. But someone who is foolish, someone who is not a doer, 
Seize it. Seize the problem. Seize what needs to be taken care of. That's what God's going to help you do. Oh, yeah. Amen. He beholdeth himself. He sees it and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. I am presented with the need. I need more faith. I need I need more prayer. I, I've got some things in my life that that uh, I'm holding on to. I need to let go. Amen. Don't be afraid of that. I've, I've, I've heard people for years sing the, the song. Ah, oh, it's never good enough. No. You, you don't get graduating by saying, oh, I'm so good in the sandbox in kindergarten. It's just not good enough. It's ever. They're so mean to me. No. Getting you ready for something. Helping you grow up. There is something better than the sandbox. Amen. There's something better than finger painting. This whole idea, ah, it's just never. No, God's loving you, teaching you, because he's getting you ready for good things. Amen. If he's going to use you, put you to work for his kingdom. Heard somebody say, ah, I don't want to be so busy doing things for God. Being a friend, being a blessing, being a help. It's just God's opening doors for you to. People to say, I want what you have. See, that scares people. (laughs) Amen. Well, praise God. We recognize how what God could do in us. Take all our gifts and abilities, actually develop them. You'll be so much so blessed when God starts working in your life what you were created to be. How exciting. He beholds himself and goes his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. This idea, well, it's just, oh, spiritual laziness that just wants to to take God's mercy and God's grace and God's love and, and don't expect anything out of me, God. I don't I don't want to stand in front of God with that kind of heart. Whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty. You see that? That's what the Bible is called. The perfect law of liberty. This isn't bondage. Oh, no. This isn't holding you back. Paul told them one time, you, you, you think you're tied up, you're straightened like a straitjacket. No, no, listen to me. You're tied up, you're, you're bound, you're restricted in your own selves. You're holding yourself back. God wants to loose you. Whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, not he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. A life that is blessed. I heard a preacher say several years ago, there's this uh, horrible, horrible thing. It just sounds almost just uh, innocent. Well, not so much innocent, but just harmless, really. You know, uh, 
they call it the, the Chinese water torture. And they just lay a man out and tie him down and just have a thread over his forehead and just drip water down that thread one drop at a time on his forehead. Boop, boop, boop. No biggie, right? After hours and hours of that, people lose their minds. Beg to do whatever they have to do to get out of that. And I heard a man say, someone who's living a life knowing God's trying to talk to them, knowing what God's really said to them, but trying to ignore it, it's that dripping. It's that calling. It's that knocking on the heart's door. They're the most miserable people you'll know. It's torturous to try to ignore the voice of God. And you can see that misery. They'll try so hard to justify themselves, try so hard to condemn everybody around them. I told brother just here recently, you see those that are fighting the hardest. Why? Why would you fight so hard against God and his church and his word? Why would you? I know why. I've seen too many people tell on themselves. God's working on them and they're saying no. They know there's more. But they're trying to run from it, trying to pretend it's not real, it's not right. But God's working. And I believe there's Christians that get to a place in God where they kind of start to get in a rut and feel good about themselves, feel like they're a lot better than what they were. But God's saying, no, no, we're not stopping here. We're not stopping here. Amen. I'm going to help you grow with it more. And, and, and there, there's higher heights. So, no, no, we're, you're not. You haven't attained it yet. There's more for you. Come on. just But pay attention. Don't try to push. Don't try to lead. Don't try to try to turn around and say, okay, God, here's where we're going. I just read a chapter in the book of Numbers here uh, yesterday, I think it was. And it was all the somebody. I guess uh, wrote down one of the, in numbers. I, I imagine it was Moses or somebody that was working closely with Moses. But they, these are all the places they camped when they were wandering through the wilderness. And it just has all those names of places in this wilderness, in this city. There was this battle here. Here's where Aaron died. And here's where they strove because the waters were bitter. But it really is just a lot of they camped here for this many uh, months or days and they camped here. But you know what that is? That's not Moses. That's not the people saying, let's go over there. Hey, I think I feel like going over here. Hey, let's vote. No. The presence of God was on the ark. And the presence of God, somebody was watching the presence of God. When that started to move, somebody blew a trumpet. Said, hey, let's get ready. Because the trumpet blowing in a certain way meant, hey, we're getting ready to pick up camp and move. And everybody knew what to do and how to do it. Uh, different tribes, uh, families of the Levites knew how to pack things up, put it together. And everybody followed in suit and in their time. And, and everybody had an order about it. But this is how we get be led by the Spirit of God. Yeah, right. We don't say, okay, God, this is what I want and here's how I want it. I just want to grow and have everything I can and... And, and Lord, you, you lead me. You talk to me. Amen. God, I, I just want to listen to you. you. You lead me when you want to lead me. And you show me where to go and when to stop. Amen. Amen. Being not a forgetful here, but a doer of the work. This man is blessed in his deed. Listen to what God is saying to you. Pay attention. Pay attention. I... I I feel like this is one of the most positive things, one of the most productive, just a recipe for blessing in the life of a child of God. 
Don't hold, don't grieve God. Don't hold him back from what he's trying to do in your life. Keep listening because God's leading you on a path. It was for your good to be saved. It's for your good to grow and do and be everything God wants you to be. He's not trying to hold you back. He's he's good father. He loves you. First Corinthians 11. This is a portion of scripture about uh, communion. But there's a principle within this that I really want to spend just a little bit of time with because uh, it's uh, so important. First Corinthians 11, verse 29. We uh, take this so seriously and usually do some teaching on it when we take communion together. Verse 29. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily. Eateth and drinketh damnation to himself. Now listen to this. Not discerning the Lord's body. Discernment is wisdom. And the principles that are in this chapter are not just how to take communion. But listen now. It's about caring about one another. And those that are weak and those that are poor and, and, um, and bringing us closer together, not splitting us apart. Right. Amen. We can look at this. We don't, I don't want to just have a study on it. But it's not just, hey, here's, here's some words about communion. It's talking about some that gather together and don't have it. Some were bringing meals and all, and they, were, they had enough, and others were coming to it, and they didn't have anything, and they felt shame. They were... They felt like they were kind of put on the spot, embarrassed. I don't have what they have. And it was supposed to be a time that brought them together, but it was a time that brought condemnation. On Some people felt like the cool kids, and other people felt like they were pushed out. And that's the opposite of what communion's supposed to be. Amen. It's supposed to, we're one bread, we're one body. That's what the Word says. So Paul is putting in order this idea that... At Corinth, there were people making a picnic out of this, and, and, and they're bringing some pretty tasty dishes, but some people were feeling excluded from that, and it wasn't right, it wasn't fair. And he said, guys, eat at home. I know, so there's some people, I grew up in a situation where preachers said, uh, you know, that means don't have fellowship halls, there should be no food ever in, in the house of God, and, and it says, eat at home, and I heard that, eat at home, and I thought, well, can I go to a restaurant? I mean, it says eat at home, I guess I can't even do that. <laughs> It's not about that. That, If that's the best thing you got out of that, you missed the richness of this. He's telling those that are trying to flaunt their wealth in front of those that are broke and poor and making them feel horrible. Guys, don't do that to them. Take all that big picnic you have. Do that at home. This is the house of God. We're going to bring people together. You read it, look at it, see if it's not there. But the Bible says, if you don't listen to this, you're eating and drinking unworthily because you're not discerning the Lord's body. That brother, that sister, that's the Lord's body. And you're one with them. And it says, for this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Because they're not discerning the importance of the body of Christ. See, you know what's happening? God's getting their attention. Saying, hey, I'm trying to talk to you. To help you serve one another and love one another, minister to one another. And I'm saying this because really, 
there have been times I felt like I've poured my heart into preaching and laid out just, hey, this is what God wants. And people just walk out the door and don't care about anybody, just cold shoulders, grudges. God's, and I've, I've heard God speak to my heart. I'll get their attention. I'll get their attention. And I say, God, before it's too late, please get their attention. Amen. If you can't be sensitive to the spirit of God, listen, God doesn't want you to be lost. But some of these people didn't make it because they didn't discern the Lord's body. And God was trying to talk to them. And God talked to them through Paul and said, hey, you need to understand the Lord's body. And some are sick and weak and some have already gone on to their reward. Not to Look what it says. For if we judge ourselves, examine yourselves. If we judge ourselves, we should not be judged when we are judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord and we should not be condemned with the world. We need to examine ourselves. Isn't communion such a time to examine ourselves? But we ought to be doing that throughout. Amen. You know, I heard somebody say years ago and uh, just loved it. Christian man who tries to help people break away from a lot of uh, battles of the mind that just come from from unhealthy upbringings and being in this world. And, and, and he would tell people, when you're tough on yourself, life is going to be infinitely easier on you. And I thought of that when I read these verses about judging yourself, if we judge ourselves. You can cut yourself as many breaks as you want, but listen to me. The more you say, God, lead me, teach me, cleanse me, help me see it. And don't, don't, I don't want to make any excuses for myself, God. You know what? It makes it easier to love people because you're so focused on, uh, no, 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 I, I struggle and I battle and I know because I get down in there, I've got to pray through some carnal thinking and some, some fleshly desires. Oh, yeah, you do. And then you see, the people are going to say, oh, you see how they're battling? Don't you see how you're battling? Because when you realize how hot that battle is, you're not so quick to point a finger at other people. Of course, they're, you're quicker to pray for them because you're discerning the Lord's body. You're recognizing people who are susceptible and vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy are just like you. And if you're praying for them, maybe they'll be praying for you. If you're helping them get strong, maybe they can help you when you're weak. That's how the body of Christ ought to work. Not, hey, look, I'm better. I'm better. Oh, yeah, better than you. God will get your attention. But why don't you just give it to him? Why don't you just listen to him? Why don't you just be excited about that? I love that. I've seen God just rattle people. And for a while, it seems like they... They, they try to get things, and then they go back into that same old kind of routine, a numbness. Let me close with this. Isaiah said it. Isaiah 6, you don't have to turn to it. You remember in the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah said I, I, he's had a vision. He saw the Lord in the temple, high and lifted up. The seraphim were flying around. He said, holy, holy, holy. Amen. Amen. God says, Isaiah, I want you to go to them. But I want to tell you something. They're going to see, but they're not really going to perceive. They're not really going to understand it. They're going to hear your words, but they're not going to receive them. Because their heart's 
they have hardened. When Jesus came and you see it being quoted in uh, Matthew 13 with the parables because they came around and said, Hey, uh, you know, the crowd's gone, but we've got some questions. Sower and seeds, please. What are you trying to really say? And he says, they hear, but they don't really understand. They see, but they don't really perceive it because they're hardening their hearts. They're not listening. They're not paying attention. And I can't convert them because they're satisfied right where they are. Listen, don't. Don't be satisfied where you are. People grow in God. People learn because they listen. Amen? Hey, listen, any child, whether you're in, in, in school or at home, the hard-headed ones that learn the hard way, some of them never learn. Why don't you just love God and say, I'm here, I'm, here I am, Lord. I'm listening. I'm paying attention. I'm not going to. I want my heart to be sensitive. Anybody? Maybe you were the one. But anybody have, have a child that, that just had to kind of look at them funny and, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't want to be a disappointment. I'll never do it again. We ought to be like that. God, you don't have to rattle me. Amen. People are proud of that. Oh, I learned things the hard. I'm not. There's not enough time for that. Not enough time to be excited about how hard-headed you are. Be sensitive. God, is it I? Teach me. Lead me. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Examine yourselves. I want to examine myself better than ever before. Because God's, listen, it's not just about condemnation. It's about being effective for God. About being, learning how to love. Learning how to work in the spirit. Working how to minister. God will lead you. Sometimes those that have been in church the longest, you'll see it in Jesus' ministry. He'll say things like, a prophet is not without honor, except in his own country and in his long, among his own family. Sometimes we get in a rut. We can justify it because we've been doing this for so long. Listen. God's teaching us. God's leading us. Be sensitive to that. We ought to be able to hear that still small voice. We ought to be listening for it. Every single time time God's in prayer. It's not just me talking to you, God. You, You show me. I tell you, I'm not worried about it at all. There's some times I just feel like something may be just a little too close to something. Maybe maybe God's just not excited about it. Hey, I'm going to lay aside every weight. Be sensitive to God's Spirit. Because I know there's a day coming we're going to stand before Him. God's sheep hear His voice. Sometimes it's the encouragement you need. Testimony tonight about struggling in my faith, but I heard a testimony. Then I heard another testimony. God, that's you. You're talking to me. You're helping me.
listen. Pay attention. God's Spirit is teaching you, leading you. He's got a plan. It's going to take you all the way. You've come this far. He's going to take you all the way through every battle, every trial. He's going to help you. Listen, He's not going to be silent to you. The exciting thing about this is not you've got a Bible, you've got a prayer life, you've got a connection. Let God lead you. Let Him teach you. Talk to Him. He's going to show you. But don't don't shut Him down. No, okay, God, you can talk to me, but we're not talking about that. Let God be God. And you'll see Him work. There have been plenty of times in my life, I know, God's dealing with me. God's, oh God, there's other things on my mind. I want to do something for you. I want to be used. I want to... Oh, you're going to bring that up again, God? Yeah, but can we talk about that some other time? I don't know if I'm ready. Listen, God decides what grade you're in and what you need to graduate to the next. Let Him, let Him. He's good. Don't make excuses. Don't put the blame on somebody else. Don't try to compare yourself to somebody who's doing worse than you. You examine yourself. Let's find a place to pray. God's working. God's working. But I want to be sensitive to Him.
with something so much better. Leave me thinking, why didn't I just yield to God a long time ago? Sometimes we come to church hurt because people have blamed us for things that misjudged us. Sometimes we carry that around, always trying to prove something rather than being able to humble ourselves and say, Okay, God, it doesn't really matter what they think of me. I'm, I want to get close to you. I want to get as close to you as I possibly can. I want to be everything that I can be for you. Because I see you want nothing but good for my life. Let's all stand. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for not leaving us by ourselves to guess. But, Lord, you'll guide us. You'll shine your light. You'll teach us. You put people around us, Lord. God, to just sharpen us, God. Lord, I thank you for every every time ever spoken to my heart, every time you've led me, challenged me, corrected me, God, it's always been for my good. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for, Lord, just what you've done in this house tonight. God, help us to take this and go be doers of your word, Lord. Keep us safe as we travel. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.